0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, we're talking about some Florida Gators recruits in 2023 that are taking March visits. And we'll wrap up by talking about some players I think the Gators should target in the transfer portal, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole9sports.com. I'm getting right into it. We're talking about some Florida Gators recruits taking March visits and and just 2023 recruits in general. And I'm starting off with Brandon Ennis. Um, I, I think this kid is just a beast. Like, I, and look, it, it's kind of hard to get high school tape on a lot of kids, but he's someone who, from what I saw, pff, this kid's nice. The number nine recruit in the 2023 recruiting class in the nation, by the way. <laughs> Five-star wide receiver out of Fort Lauderdale and and. Lauderdale, and he's an American heritage kid. Bama, Miami, Ohio State, and Southern California are all pushing for him heavily. And I will say that in there, there's one school where I'm like, that is a very tough one for Florida to overcome. Uh, not Bama, no, not you, not USC. I, I don't think that USC is really that spot yet. Lincoln Riley will get it there, but right now. They're not that it's Ohio State. I think if you're a high-ranking recruit that's a wide receiver and you're getting pursued and recruited by Ohio State, you have to take a long, hard look at them. And you have to take a look, a long, hard look at every other school that's recruiting you and say, which split which school is going to develop me properly and get me into the NFL. And I think that there's an <laughs> There's one school that when I look at Florida, I'm like, as wide receiver youth, I think that they really do win this battle, and I think it's Ohio State. I get Bama has gotten their guys there recently, but I think when you look at consistency long-term, it's Ohio State and Florida, but even when you... And a big part of that is Brian Hardline. Like, if you look at Ohio State under Brian Hartline and the receivers that have gone to the NFL and how good they've been, you've got to consider that. And I I think Florida and Ohio state are the two best schools at producing wide receiver talent and getting them to the NFL. But I think they're very different in how they do it. I think Ohio state, first of all, the tape you get to be productive on, (laughs) which not so much with Florida receivers all the time. But I think Florida produces less top talent or not even think I know Florida produces less top talent as as far as NFL wide receivers go, but they produce guys that get into the NFL and stay there for a long time and have consistent careers. And I've talked about that a lot where sure, there's not a ton of top receivers in the NFL and by top receivers, I just mean number one receivers on NFL teams. That's just not, that's not a thing really with Florida receivers, but They get guys to the NFL. Kadarius Sony's was the first-round pick last year who just dealt with injuries the entire time. You look at guys like Freddie Swain, and I know that's not a big name that people want to talk about, but that guy was a consistent contributor for the Seattle Seahawks, and he's a starter for the Seattle Seahawks. He might have been the number three option, but he's a starter for the Seahawks, and he's someone that I think you have to look at. Demarcus Robinson's carved out a long NFL career at this point, and you can say long because, sure, it's been what? Seven years for DeMarcus Robinson, but the average NFL career is three years. So he's exceeded that a ton. Obviously, a major selling point for the Gators has to be you're staying home. You got Kiri Colbert to help develop you, who he's gotten guys to the NFL consistently as well. And you get early playing time with the Florida Gators. And again, I, got, I watched what I could of him, and I think he's damn good. He is so smooth as a route runner. Like I could see him stepping in and be an 800 yard guy just off rip for the Florida Gators he's also a basketball player which is cool and he had to step in at quarterback during the 21, 2021 season for his high school team and they still made it to the second round of the playoffs so he's just an athlete at this point Vic Burley is the next name to talk about five-star defensive lineman out of Georgia he's six foot five 276 pounds a number 33 recruit in the 2023 class Clemson and Tennessee are the leaders for him right now but he's got a total of 18 confirmed offers right now he visited Gainesville in September 2021 so I mean that's one of those things where we've got multiple guys on this list who this in March will not be their first visit to Gainesville and I think that's a big um a big plus when I think about the Florida Gators because I I I don't know I think if you're making a second visit there's a couple guys who were in Gainesville last month and are revisiting at least Vic Burley was under a different regime last time he visited, but uh, he, yeah, he's taking his second visit to Florida. He's taken multiple visits with Georgia as well, so I'm expecting them to really work their way into his top three, top five, whatever you want to give it. Uh, this dude, like, I again watched what I could. He's got long arms, like that. That is something where I feel like a lot of players. It doesn't usually pop out with some guys how long their arms are. Vic Burley he he's there like like thir- like mid 30 inch arms would not surprise me at all by the time he gets to a spot that will actually measure his arms then by mid there i mean like 34 ish um he's he's powerful too like he packs one hell of a punch and i I, i'd love to see him as the type of player that moves around the formation around the defensive line whether he's playing edge stand-up rusher i don't care Um, like stand up or hand in the dirt that doesn't matter to me edge is edge whether he's you know sliding in at the zero or the the nose tackle for the casual listeners i guess um the three tech wherever he might be I think he's someone who can move around the field. And if he's willing to do that, and if he's interested in doing that, I think you look at Sean Spencer and you look at Patrick Toney and you say, there are few coaches in college football that are more willing to let you work along the formation defensively. And I think that's going to be a big selling point for Vic Burley if he does want to come to Gainesville. And the last player to talk about in this segment, we are working two segments worth of just recruiting talk. I am so sorry for how about to butcher this name. Francis Maui Goa, six foot six, 325 pound offensive tackle. He's in Bradenton right now, but he's moved around. He lived in California, he lived in America, Samoa. He, he's moved around quite a bit, but he's an IMG kid right now. So hopefully, with the recent addition of IMG safety, Kamari Wilson, who obviously was. I I guess you – I don't even want to say I guess. You can call him the headliner of the Florida Gators 2022 recruiting class. I guess – or I'm hoping – Kamari Wilson could help convince uh, Francis to come to Florida. He's the number – eight recruit in the nation, number two offensive tackle in the nation, and number two recruit in general in the state of Florida. Alabama, Oregon, and USC are also, and USC being Southern California, are also really pushing hard for him. But I think Florida holds a few key points over most of those schools, especially when you want to look at offensive linemen. Rob Sale is now the offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. 2020, Rob Sale was coaching the New York Giants so Sean Spencer but but Rob Sale was coaching the New York Giants and like I just said so Sean Spencer you can make that point with any of the defensive linemen that will get mentioned at any point when talking about recruiting Vic Burley just got mentioned you can make that point with him and Sean Spencer but Rob Sale is an offensive line coach that did not get fired neither did Sean Spencer as a defensive line coach and he chose to come to Florida and that's I, I think that means a lot, especially when you look at what Rob Sale did at Louisiana. He got a lot of guys to the NFL. So I, I think Florida holds that point over a lot of schools where Alabama, as good as they are, you're probably going to have multiple offensive line coaches during your time there. Oregon, I mean, Oregon, come on. Like, like first of all, defensive line and head coach. Second of all, only the head coach because your previous head coach bailed for Miami. And then USC, I, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be really pumping out NFL talent. I think that they're there, obviously, because they're going to be a good school and they're going to be good at recruiting. But I don't think they're going to be pushing out NFL offensive line talent. You know, Oklahoma did for a bit, and then it kind of died down. And I think that the same thing will happen to USC probably with Lincoln Riley's tenure there. He's got 29 confirmed offers right now, and he played both offensive and defensive line. But like when I when I have been able to watch him. Um, I think he's going to be a tackle in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be the type to play defensive line. Um, first of all, he's six foot six already, and I think that's too tall. Like Vic Burley's six five, and that's pushing it. But Francis Maligoa is six foot six already. I think that's a bit too tall for offensive tackle. Um, and and he looks like the frame, and I I, I just think he's going to be a tackle. Plus, he plays aggressive, and he's clearly got no regard for anyone else's well being when he's on that field. So, I'm a big fan march madness is just weeks away that means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets and i have a suggestion runyourpool.com is a place to be along with standard brackets they've got pick'em and survivor it's stuff you won't find with espn or cbs and when you use runyourpool.com you'll be able to set your bracket with me and the lockdown gators listeners for free which we'll set up once we get a little bit closer to turning time Join the whole network at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And if you want to set up your uh, your own pool for your friends, family, business, charity, whatever, I don't care, whatever purpose, use code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize for free and also, to be clear, It's free to sign up. It's free to use. It's only pay if you set up your own pool, which you will not have to do to win a cash prize with runyourpool.com slash locked on. And you won't have to do to play for fun with me and the rest of the locked on Gators listeners. And we'll see if we can get some other guys in there as well. It's the new year. So that means it's new year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. I'm horrible at keeping my new year's resolution. We know this. I have such a sweet tooth that it's, it's, It's bad. Um, Every year, that's what kills me. But with Built Bar, it makes it a little bit easier because it's already coated in 100% chocolate, which I love. And most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs to go with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk drawer, the Kit Kat in the cupboard, and just get Built Bar. You don't got to sneak around or feel guilty. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D 15 five. Get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Looking at more recruits with March visits, AJ Harris is someone that I'm going to talk about, and I wanted to include him in the first segment, but other guys are just ranked higher. <laughs> AJ Harris is a five-star defensive back out of Alabama. And y'all know that I love me some secondary because y'all know I played both spots at secondary in sense of just corner and safety. So played both of those. So you know I had to talk about AJ Harris because secondary is my stuff. Six foot one, 180 pounds. Florida's dealing with Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati and Clemson for him but he just visited Florida a month ago and like I said earlier taking a second visit so close I think is a big deal and a great sign and I know that with AJ Harris specifically Corey Raymond is pushing for him to come to Gainesville and I really want to see him here he's just an athlete as well he played it all over the secondary. He could play nickel. He could play safety. He could play corner. We'll probably see him play a similar role in Gainesville, just moving around if he comes to Gainesville. But he also played wide receiver on offense and he was a return specialist as well for special teams in high school. So he could be a guy where I'm not saying he's gonna yeah, I, I'm not saying he's gonna just go out and Charles Woodson it and play receiver, DB, and returner but he's someone who can contribute in multiple facets of the game by playing special teams as well as offense. So he could help in the return game, which Florida's kind of been looking for recently. He's the number 19 recruit in the 2023 class, and I'm really hoping he comes to games. You can never have too many good DBs. If they transfer out, that's fine. You got more guys to step up and right into that role. Next up is Peyton Kirkland, who I am very happy about the possibility of him coming to Florida because he is what's the proper word? Um this dude is an absolute unit. Six foot six, three hundred and forty five pounds of four-star offensive tackle out of Orlando, Florida. He's holding offers from Georgia, Alabama, Miami, and Ohio State with Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State reportedly putting a ton of effort and a ton of their resources on him. He, he's someone who, I mean, he's got 52 confirmed offers right now. Those include HBCUs like Grambling State and Jackson State, which I know that I haven't mentioned those schools recently, but we could see them make a strong push for him, especially because Peyton Kirkland's uncle uh, was Perry Harrington, who went to Jackson State, so an HBCU kid. That became a second-round pick in the NFL draft in 1980, and I could see Jackson State using the nostalgia factor or just him being more inclined to go to an HBCU. And, I mean, with given how, um, how much of an impact HBCUs has made, have made recently in recruiting, it's a viable option. But, yeah, 52 confirmed offers right now is just absurd. Like, that is... That is a lot of offers. He also has a scheduled visit with Georgia on April 15th, which is um one that I'm hoping goes horribly wrong. Like I, I, I don't want him to go to Georgia. I don't want him to be in the SEC if he's not in Gainesville. I, I want him to be with an HBCU. I don't know where he could go to any Ohio State if he wants, which I don't think he will. But I I, I don't want him in the SEC if he's not in Gainesville. This will be his second visit to Gainesville as he was here in September 2021, as was Vic Burley. But it's also important to note that this will be Peyton Kirkland's first visit with Billy Napier as the head coach and Rob Sale as the offensive coordinator, which, again, I think that's a massive selling point that people, not necessarily that they're overlooking, but that they're just not acknowledging that that is such a huge selling point for the Florida Gators to get these high-ranking recruits to Gainesville, is we've got NFL coaches on staff, specifically on the trenches, and. Games won in the trenches. So I I think that's a big selling point that Peyton Kirkland will hear a lot of when he's in Gainesville. Final recruit to talk about is John Walker, the 6'3, 310-pound defensive lineman out of Florida. So he's someone that they'd really like to keep close to home, obviously. And I mentioned Vic Burley quite a bit today, who's six foot five. John Walker, six three, so a bit shorter. Um, I don't want to say he's he's stockier, but he's he's Thickly built, You know, I mentioned Vic Burley has really long arms, and John Walker, while he's not stubby, he, he does not have that same length, so obviously that matters, and he's the number 107 recruit in the nation right now. Florida, Michigan, Ohio State, UCF, and USC are all fighting for John Walker's letter of intent. He's got 35 confirmed offers right now. UCF is one that I'm actually genuinely kind of worried about because... If John Walker wants to stay close to home, UCF does have the selling point, which I get it. I know Florida is better than UCF. I know Florida is in better shape than UCF and that they're more prestigious and all that. But UCF still has to say, well, guess what? Who won that game? And that's what really sucks when we talk about it. Sean Spencer himself has been recruiting John Walker pretty heavily. Walker took a visit to Florida last month, so he's another one of those guys who he took a visit last month with Billy Napier as head coach, and he's taking another visit just two months after that, like A.J. Harris. And like A.J. Harris, I think it's a good sign that that he's going to be visiting again. I'm very hopeful for that, and hopefully, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to get a commit out of him, because obviously we're over a year away from the time that he'd be on campus, but I wouldn't be opposed to getting (laughs) an early commit here. Anybody else make money this weekend? I did, and then the past couple days, I didn't. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida's throwing a few wrenches in my plans, because that's what they love doing. But BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props. I'm getting ready for this one. I'm I'm feeling this one. It's the last one for the weekend. (laughs) On almost... Anything you can imagine—it's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. You guys know that's always how I do it. To sign up today, betonline.net—it's where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about some Florida Gators, play i Some players that I think Florida Gators should target in the transfer portal, which I get it. A lot of people are like, oh, who cares about the transfer portal? It's spring ball time. There's still a lot of talent to be had in the transfer portal. And I'm starting off with twins because that's what I want to talk about. Gabriel and Grayson Murphy are twins that are from the University of North Texas, the Green Wave. And they add talent to a group that I'm not confident in because they are edge rushers. The two combined for 18 sacks this past season for North Texas and are clearly looking for a um I'll say a step up in competition. They combined for 102 pressures this year too, so it was just just constant harassment of opposing quarterbacks. And I have no problem saying I think Gabriel Murphy is the better overall player but it it appears that they're going to be traveling together wherever they go. So I'm cool with both of them coming. I'm cool adding two edge rushers here. They're both 6'2", and between 230, 240 pounds. They're solid run defenders too, but Gabriel Murphy, here's the reason I really want him to come to Gainesville. He showed the ability to drop back in coverage every now and then. He's not amazing at it, but he showed the ability to drop back in coverage every now and then, and y'all know creepers, sim pressure. I'm going to be dropping back some guys in the coverage. So Gabriel Murphy could be that opposite edge where Brenton talks, Jr. Gabriel Murphy <laughs> lined up on the edge and they can, you don't know who's going to be dropping back into coverage. So I think Gabriel Murphy's an immediate scheme fit in Patrick Tony's defense. And I think Sean Spencer would have a blast moving him around too. So hopefully the Murphy brothers come there. I haven't seen any visits from either of them right now. So it's up in the air, but if Florida is interested in adding edge talent, I think you got to look at the Murphy brothers. Next up is Tyler Steen, who would be staying in the sec. If he were to come to Florida, he's a Vanderbilt offensive tackle. You can never have too many offensive linemen. So throwing Tyler Steen into the mix can't hurt really, especially with it being such an open competition, in that front line for the Florida Gators, I think the offensive line competition is very open. The only person that I can guarantee will be a starter the entire season, if healthy, is Osiris Torrance. So Tyler Steen is someone that I think that uh, I'm, I'm not saying he could step in and be an immediate every down tackle, but I think he could step in because he's got a couple years of eligibility remaining. So I think he could step in and immediately play. He allowed 15 pressures last season, which – you know, could look great or could look awful if you don't know what you should be looking for. But that would have made him the best pass-protecting offensive tackle on the Florida Gators last season. And it would have made him the third best pass-protecting offensive lineman on the Florida Gators last season. So he, he he's a bit of a proving commodity as a pass protector. He's also a sound run blocker, which is big because he's also experienced working in a zone-blocking scheme, which is obviously going to be slightly different, or at least at the very least, slightly different from what the Florida Gators are going to run, but it's still a zone-blocking scheme and a zone-oriented scheme that the Gators will run. And I think Tyler Steen's ability to, uh, or his proven ability to work in a zone-based scheme, I think is pretty big for the Florida Gators to add in a tackle who he's already going to be arguably your best pass-protecting offensive tackle. He's going to be one of your best options as a run blocker. I, I think that... Florida has to look at him. That's that's where I'm at. Where I think that your offensive line is not good enough to turn down opportunities. So adding Tyler Steen would be a good move. And then George Tackix is the next guy to talk about. A Notre Dame tight end, which Notre Dame obviously holds a case for a tight end U, which makes this also interesting. Great size at six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds. He is someone who. I mean, look, even yesterday I talked about the unknowns and I was like the tight end group, you know, they're they're questionable or maybe it was the other day where I was talking about where I was like the tight end group is questionable. There's not depth. There's not a ton of top end talent that's proven here. So I think it can't hurt to add a six foot six, 250 pound tight end that could step in and play immediately. Like he, he played for Notre Dame. He just didn't start. and He's looking to start. So I, I think adding him would be big. You know, he could start as that inline tight end while Keon Zipperer is the move tight end exclusively. There's playing time to be had here, and he'd be an awesome scheme fit. He's a receiving threat and a capable run blocker, and I think that's more than you can ask for someone who would step in and, like I said, immediately play and immediately contribute for the Florida Gators. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available Daily and free revenue listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday to talk more about our Florida Gators as we're getting ready for March Madness time and the NFL Draft. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft, hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. Bring the NFL Draft back to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Hall 9 Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I'll see you all Monday. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.